Hello, and welcome to Science to the Tea. I'm your host, Sky Smith, and today we're talking all about green tea. Going with today's theme, I'm sipping on some jasmine tea. I love the subtle floral smell of jasmine when the actual flower is used for flavoring the tea leaves instead of extracts. It's warm and soothing, but very gentle feeling and very light on the caffeine, so I won't be shaking nonstop. So grab your favorite mug and let's find out what's so terrific about green tea. Green tea has been consumed for many, many generations by people all over the world. Green tea comes from the leaves of the plant Camellia sinensis, which are steamed or roasted shortly after harvesting. The steaming or roasting process is used to prevent any oxidative fermentation or breakdown of the leaves. They are then pressed and dried to give you the leaves that you steep. Now, there are many different types of green tea, such as sencha, matcha, and hojicha, which all come from the same plant, but are prepared differently. Sencha is made pretty standardly by steaming the leaves, matcha is produced by grinding the leaves right before packaging, and hojicha is made by roasting the tea leaves. There are a ton of other methods and names, but for the sake of time, let's move on. While consumption of green tea is generally accepted as a healthy habit and something good for you, the science actually seems to back it up. Recently, two researchers from Japan, Sarah Abe and Manami Inoue, performed a meta-analysis looking into 551 papers published from 1980 until 2020 and found that green tea consumption may be beneficial for cardiovascular disease, particularly stroke, and certain cancers such as endometrial, esophageal, lung, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, oral, and ovarian. They also noted that we need more research looking into the effects of green tea on the brain and cognition, because there wasn't a ton of work on that yet. That's where today's paper takes us. In this peer-reviewed paper published this year, in the journal Nutritional Neuroscience by Julia Varga and their colleagues, the researchers explore the potential effects of green tea consumption on neurodegeneration in Huntington's disease. First, what is neurodegeneration and how is this related to Huntington's disease? Neurodegeneration is the progressive loss of function or structure of neurons ultimately leading to their death. This loss of neurons throughout the nervous system eventually results in changes in a person's ability to regulate emotions, memory loss, and even loss of motor functions such as walking or hand dexterity. Sadly, this degeneration worsens over time until a person is no longer able to function on their own, and it eventually leads to their death. Some of the more well-known neurodegenerative diseases include Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and Huntington's, Chances are you've either heard of these or know someone who has been affected by them. So naturally, researchers want to know why neurodegeneration happens in order to find a way to help slow or fix it altogether. This brings us to Huntington's disease. Huntington's disease is typically a late-onset inherited neurodegenerative disorder. This disease is caused by mutation in the Huntington gene that results in an accidental repeat of part of the DNA. When the DNA leaves the nucleus and is translated into a protein within the cell, this repeat in the DNA results in what's called a polyglutamine repeat in the Huntington protein. Now, 
All of the proteins in your cells are made from amino acids like glutamine. And normally, your cells take your DNA and listens to its code to make the Huntington protein. The normal Huntington protein does have some glutamine repeats, but this mutation makes the polyglutamine or many glutamine repeat way longer and it really messes up the structure of the protein. This messed up protein is then far more likely to be sticky and gunk up in your neurons, which ultimately harms and kills them. As these neurons are harmed and begin to die, we see the symptoms of neurodegeneration begin, leading to motor, cognitive, and psychiatric dysfunction, and eventually death. So bringing it all back to the point, what does all this have to do with green tea, and what the heck is in green tea that could potentially help with neurodegeneration? Well, green tea contains epigallocatechin gallate that has been shown to reduce damage caused by Huntington's disease in neurons. Studies have shown that treating with epigallocatechin gallate reduced clumping of the messed up Huntington protein, neuronal damage, and even helped with some behavioral symptoms. Now, these studies were done in lots of different models, such as cells in a dish and rats and in Drosophila, which are fruit flies. But green tea isn't only made out of this. There are other polyphenols like this one inside of green tea that could potentially be important in the effects of green tea on this disease. In this paper, the researchers used Drosophila, which are little fruit flies, to study the effects of green tea on Huntington's disease. They used fruit flies that either had a normal Huntington gene or a mutated repeat gene. From here, they gave these little flies green tea with their normal food. The fruit flies were given unflavored Lipton green tea that was prepared as recommended for human consumption at 1.5 grams of tea leaves steeped in 200 milliliters of 90 degrees Celsius water for two minutes. Now that temp is a little high for green tea, which might make it pretty bitter, but I doubt the flies really cared. Since Huntington's disease affects motor control, so the ability to move properly, the researchers measured the speed that the flies were moving. They did this by tracking the flies as they climbed vertically up their tubes. The flies with Huntington's were moving slower than the control flies, but turns out in the Huntington's flies that were given green tea, they moved faster. Since treating with green tea seemed to help alleviate the physical symptoms of Huntington's disease in flies, the researchers wanted to see if this was also helping stop neurodegeneration. To answer this question, they looked at the neurons within the eyes of these flies called photoreceptors. Here, the flies with Huntington's that were given green tea had more photoreceptors left in their eyes than the ones not given green tea. Pretty cool, huh? What's important to note here is that there also weren't any changes in the normal group, even when the flies were given green tea. So the tea is doing something to help these flies fight off the disease symptoms. Since green tea seemed to be protective against neurodegeneration in the Huntington's flies, the researchers wanted to see if giving them green tea was somehow reducing the amount of Huntington protein in the brain. While they found that there weren't any changes in the amount of Huntington in the flies giving green tea, I don't like that they just said, okay, and moved on. The authors of this paper only used one way to measure the total amount of Huntington in the brain. They didn't check to see if maybe the green tea was helping break down the long polyglutamine repeat and leaving the normal kind alone. There are ways available to measure this, so 
I'm a little disappointed that they just stopped here and said, all right, moved on. Either way, they didn't see a change, and this is kind of interesting too. Maybe the green tea is doing something outside of the Huntington protein that is helping the neurons fight it. Finally, the researchers wanted to see if treating these flies with green tea helped them live longer, even if they had Huntington's disease. Flies with Huntington's that were given green tea did live a little longer than the ones that were not. They also tested the effects of green tea on flies with normal Huntington protein to see if maybe giving them green tea would increase their lifespan. Interestingly, the flies given green tea actually died a little faster than the control flies. That's kind of weird, huh? To me, this is exciting because it's a result that wasn't really expected. And I think the researchers did a really good job explaining these results too. They really took a step back and looked at the limitations of their study and gave some honest interpretations. They mentioned that other studies using epigallocatechin gallate and other phenols found in green tea actually helped control flies live longer. So maybe this decrease was because of the way they set up their green tea treatment. They also discussed the type of flies they used and how they were housed. You wouldn't think this would make a huge deal, but it really can. There are lots of papers out there talking about genetic background or upbringing and the effects of the lifespan of animals in general. So maybe they were just like super nice to their flies, making them live longer than expected anyway. But even with the limitations of their study, this group found some interesting things. Green tea seems to be somewhat protective against the neurodegeneration caused by Huntington's disease. And while this isn't a perfect cure or treatment, this work may lead to the discovery of new treatments that will be much better. There is definitely a lot more work that needs to be done before we can fully understand these effects and exactly what's going on inside of neurons to help protect them. But I think this paper is a really nice step in the right direction. With that, thank you for listening to this episode of Science to the T. Stay tuned for more info and a sneak peek for next week. Yay! Thank you for listening to Science to the T. Please rate or comment to help me make the best learning experience possible. If you want to hear about a specific topic or just talk science, you can always email science to the T at gmail.com. Tune in next Wednesday for another terrific episode as we talk about using nanoparticles to get rid of some pretty nasty parasites. <laughs>